I am sure that you're very familiar with 1 Timothy 6, as this is where you get the famous passage that has caused so many Christian female entrepreneurs to be scared of having money, scared of being successful. You know, the verse people misquote time and time again about money being evil. We can learn so much financial wisdom from 1 Timothy 6. And so today, I want to share five principles for faithful stewardship. So grab your Bible and your journal. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Reina, Christian Money Mindset and Fun Money Habit Coach. And welcome to the Fun Money Habit Podcast. You will not be able to steward money wisely, earn without fear, and go to the next level financially if you believe that money is evil and being wealthy is bad. Let's talk about money from a biblical perspective and learn what the Bible says about it so you can reach your personal finance goal while keeping your heart on Jesus. If you are a Christian female entrepreneur who wants to seek God's first, earn more without fear, leave that tree, build up your saving and make an impact, you are in the right place. It's time to uncover the limiting belief and the self-sabotaging habit that are keeping you stuck financially and let God heal your relationship with money. So grab your Bible, a pen and paper, and let's do this. It's so wonderful that we can go back to the scripture for financial wisdom. It's interesting though to find so many principles packed in that short chapter. So it's important for us to understand who Paul was talking to. We know he was talking to Timothy, but he was talking about the people in Ephesus. Ephesus was the capital of the Roman province of Asia Minor. Ephesus was a trading and a financial center in the Mediterranean region back then. It was once considered the most important ancient port city. You can visit his well-preserved ruin in modern-day Turkey now. So Ephesus was a wealthy city and it seems that many were misusing their wealth. So in 1 Timothy 6 from verse 3, the Apostle Paul provides us with essential financial principles that are as relevant today as they were when they were written. Paul will warn us against the danger of covetousness. It was a sin in the Old Testament and is it still a problem for us today? It's interesting to see how Paul start the conversation, three very important verses before sharing those financial principles. Paul says the following, starting on 1 Timothy 6 verse 3. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Wow, that's a strong way to start, isn't it? But it rings so true for us today, don't you think? The prosperity gospel promotes that God wants 
you to be wealthy, to be rich. They use godliness as a mean to financial gain. I started coaching about money because of those false teachings. I was triggered and so annoyed by it that I felt I needed to speak up and show what the Bible actually says about money so people can have the right relationship with God. I don't want anyone to have a transactional relationship with God, one where they do things for God to get things from Him, but rather they want to get closer to God and become a good servant because they are grateful for what God has done for them when they did not deserve His grace and mercy in the first place. I have spoken with an entrepreneur who was lost and also angry at God because she was tithing regularly but was still struggling financially. She was part of a church that taught the prosperity gospel and she was told that she did not have enough faith. She needed to give more and she probably had too many sins. That's why she was never getting out of that paycheck to paycheck cycle. Ah, that makes me so angry just thinking about it. I'm so glad that she left that church and changed her perspective on money and most importantly on God. Please, God is not a genie and is not a vending machine. Don't expect to get something from him just because you're being a good girl today or aka a good Christian. We are the one that want to give things to him. Because we love him, not because we want to manipulate God to get something in return. That's really not the right heart posture or the right way to see God at all. So let's change this. Please let's be careful what we are listening to and let all of us ask God to give us discernment, wisdom and also a pure heart. So let's explore those five principles together. Principle 1. Contentment First and foremost, Paul emphasized the importance of contentment. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 to 8, he says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. This principle teaches us that true wealth is not solely measured by material possession, but by finding satisfaction and gratitude in what we already have. Paul repeats that principle in Philippians 4, 11, 12, when he says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And when Paul wrote that, he was in prison. Contentment is a mindset that allows us to appreciate the blessing we have and find peace regardless of our circumstances. When we cultivate contentment, we can break free from that never-ending cycle of chasing after more and more and instead find joy in what we already have. Principle number two, avoiding the love of money. The second principle 
is from verse 9 to 11. And Paul states, The people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are tempted by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kind of evil, and some people, craving money, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. That was the word of God. This reminds us that our heart should never be captivated by the pursuit of wealth or material gain, but rather by our devotion to God and his kingdom. In Matthew 6, 24, we learn no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's important to remember that money itself, it's a tool and it is not evil. But our attitude and our attachment to it can lead us astray. We must prioritize our relationship with God above our pursuit of wealth, ensuring that our decision and action are rooted in faith rather than greed. And as a Christian female entrepreneur, you really need to understand that principle and shift your money mindset. If you have fall under the poverty money mindset because of that fear of money or that greedy money mindset because of the pursuit of wanting more and more and more for your own selfish desires. Principle number three, faithful stewardship. The third principle talked about being a faithful servant of the resources entrusted to us. In verse 17, Paul writes, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Here we are encouraged to recognize that God is the ultimate provider and to use our resources wisely and generously for his glory. I love the verse in Luke 16, 10, 11, and it's also a bit of a wake-up call every time I read it. It says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Faithful stewardship involves acknowledging that everything we have comes from God and that we are responsible in managing his resources. It's our duty to use our finance and our possession wisely, being mindful of the impact our choices have not only on ourselves, but also on others and on the kingdom of God. And most importantly, to think 
that what he has given you, that is a lot or a little, he still wants you to manage that wisely. So it's your responsibility today to think, what must I do to be a good steward for God's glory? Principle four, generosity. Paul emphasized the importance of generosity. In verse 18, he says, Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. This principle reminds us to cultivate a spirit of generosity, not only with our finance, but also with our time, talent, and resources to bless others and advance the kingdom of God. In Acts 20, 33, Jesus said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Generosity is an act of love and compassion that reflects God's character. When we are generous, we demonstrate our trust in God's provision and open door for his blessing to flow through us to others. By sharing what we have, we can make a significant impact in the life of others who are in need and be an instrument of God's love. How beautiful is that? So remember that amazing principle. Giving is not just for others because it will also change you. It changes your heart. It changed your attachment to money. It changed everything, really. So this is a habit you need to practice if it has been very difficult for you to do that. And if you have a scarcity money mindset, it will be somehow hard to give with a cheerful heart because you may be feeling, oh, I need that money. I don't want to give it away. So please make sure you shift your money mindset and you lean on God to ask him, help me. Let go of that money freely. Help me be a cheerful giver for your glory. Principle five is eternal perspective. Finally, Paul urged us to maintain an eternal perspective when it comes to our finance. In verse 19, he says, In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. This principle encourages us to prioritize investing in heavenly treasure rather than solely focusing on temporary wealth here on earth. And we can find some very important reason for that in Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and vermin destroyed and where teeth breaking and steal. But store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moth or vermin do not destroy and where teeth do not breaking and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. An eternal perspective reminds us that our time on earth is temporary and our true citizenship is in heaven. By aligning our financial decision with kingdom principle and value, we can invest in things that have eternal significance, such as spending money on helping people spreading the gospel, helping the needy, and building relationship that honors God. 
And as an entrepreneur, please remember that principle. You can make such a huge impact, not only with your finance, but also with how you deal with the people that you are serving. Show them God's love to the way you act. Be a servant leader for God's glory and use your resources, your talent for him. Show them, show the world who you belong to and where they can find hope and peace. It's only in Jesus Christ. So show them his character through the way you act and spend your money and use your money and so forth and so on. These five financial principles from 1 Timothy 6 provide a solid framework for our financial lives as Christians. They remind us to be content, avoid the love of money, be faithful stewards, practice generosity and maintain an eternal perspective. Remember, don't do business just to accumulate wealth, but instead honor God with your resources and use them to make a positive impact in the lives of others. By applying this principle, you can experience true financial freedom and align your financial journey with God's purposes and will for your life. That's all for today's episode. I hope this discussion on the five financial principles from 1 Timothy 6 has been insightful and encouraging for you. Remember, as we navigate our financial lives, let's always turn to God's word for guidance and seek his wisdom in every decision we make. If you have any question or topics you would like me to explore, feel free to reach out and send me a DM at Christian Money Mindset. So I would like to finish this episode with a beautiful prayer from the You version. And it says, Father God, you have shown me what matters most, and that is to love you and love others. So please help me to align my life with your will. Show me how to invest my time, resources, and money into the one thing that has eternal value, your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, stay faithful, stay financially wise, and may God bless you abundantly for his glory. You take care. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by leaving a review and don't forget to share the podcast so others can find it too. If you're ready to steward your money wisely and shift your money mindset, jump on a free call so you can get some clarity on what you should be doing next to reach your money goal, become financially confident and honor God. I cannot wait to talk to you. It's time to create fun money habit. Let go of your money blocks and let God heal your relationship with money. But remember, true wealth is found in Christ alone. Have a blessed day.